And now, it's time for the Tech EU Drive at 5 with Robin Bouters and Dan Taylor. Let's do this. Well, all right, all right, all right. You are listening to the Tech EU Podcast. This is your host, Dan Taylor. No, it's not. It's Robin Waters. And I'm trying to imitate Dan's fantastic intro to our podcast. Did I do a good job? Not bad. Not. I, I'll give it a... I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what, Jack. I'll give it a 72. It's got a good beat. I can dance to it. But there's there's always room for improvement. So if, if we want to rewind the tape, we're going to go with, well, all right, all right, all right. You have found it. This is the TechEU Podcast. I am your host, Dan Taylor. And we are the droids you're looking for. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to episode three, three, three. All good things come in three. The Father, Son, the Holy Ghost, John, Paul, and George. There was this guy who played the drums. Exactly, Robin, I see you making the sign of the cross. In nominati Padre, Efili, Spiritu Sancti. And actually, you know what? Sticking with the Latin theme, I, I guess I should say, uh, Ciao, Robin, come stai? Sta bene? I'm getting him ready, folks. With this drive at five, the minute this goes live at five, I believe Robin is setting foot for the airport. Are you taking? The, are you taking a train or the air, the plane or car trains, planes or automobile? It's tomorrow morning, but I, I am uh, heading to Italy. Apparently, not the only one. There's like Jim Breyer from Breyer Capital uh, was there, checked in this week. Tavitz from Transferwise checked into Naples. Ro- this Robin, week. Robin, Robin. So I'm going to try and holiday. Robin, that's what, holiday. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm going to try and, and not meet any people and uh, look away if I see anyone familiar. Good. Uh, and, that's usually what I do. But I read somewhere that all the tech people in the U.S. are, like, uh, picking Italy for the, their vacation. Uh, so I've been a fan of Italy. You know, I think that Italy gets so underrepresented in our coverage, like, not just our, everybody's coverage. Anytime I see a story coming out of Italy hit the inbox, I'm like, and clear my schedule. Like I'm on it. I want Italy. You know, I'm 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 ready to. Uh, did you watch? Have you seen the James May thing? Our man in Italy. No. No. Okay. Well, he 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 tours around Italy like he did in Japan, and and you know, I mean, I I I, I like James May. I like his uh, form of humor, and he covers the whole. There's the village in Sicily, somewhere down there, where you can buy a house for a euro. But yeah. you know the fees. The fees are then five hundred thousand, or uh, I don't know. And you have to renovate the house and blah. But you're blah, considered blah, blah. it anyway. Oh man, I don't own shit, so I've considered I've considered buying the whole damn village. And then <laughs> I read the fine print and realized, oh uh, yeah. yeah, it's always the fine print that gets you. But speaking of fine print, let's get into the news. Uh, and this news. isn't necessarily of this week. I guess it's of last week. But we kicked it out this week in the ongoing TechU series of big deal or the big deal no it's not the big deal. it's big deal right it's, it's like it's deal. not like it's not like the facebook it's facebook so it's big, it's deal. big deal and you talked about Wallbox. i took a look at Wallbox. i mean i read the article i i, I found some interesting stuff i mean dieter zetschit the, the man with the stash that could like launch a thousand ships he's on the spac <laughs> board that they launched but i just thought to myself man oh man what a time to be in the ev charger market right it's it seems like the wild west we've got uh, what is it? Ionity, GridServe, ChargePoint coming from the U.S. making major inroads. What stood out to you in the Wallbox deal that, that made it uh, something you wanted to sink your teeth into? Yeah, you're right. I mean, there's a bunch of companies uh, in this space for obvious reasons. It's growing quite rapidly across the world. So so it's a good space to be in. Uh, but this company, Wallbox, you know, started in Barcelona as a bit of an unsung hero, I would say, in European tech because 
they've come such a long way with so little funding and they're growing like crazy and they're doing you know ex expansion in the us and they're making deals left and right they've done four acquisitions so far and kind of nobody really knows much about this company outside of Spain. I would uh, even argue inside of Spain. Uh, nobody mm. really knows uh, Wallbox. So it was a really, really fun time digging into the company and what they're up to. Well, yeah. And they, they from, from what I read that you reported on, I mean, before their SPAC IPO, uh, they'd been around for, what, seven, eight years. And they yep. raised $58 million. That's it. Yep. They raised less than $60 million euros in funding from a handful of VCs. I think it totaled like three. Uh, yeah. and, and one one big uh, corporate called Iberdrola in Spain, but that's it. I mean, they yeah. started in 2015. Uh, fast forward forward to today, they have like more than a uh, thousand one hundred employees, probably going up to two thousand in a year from now. Twenty one offices. They're like, valued at one point six billion dollar on the market because they went public on NY NYSE through SPAC. Uh, it's crazy. They're they're just mm. huge. Huge. I mean, six fifty fifty eight million. I, I, I've seen some startups burn through that in a week. So, I mean, to, to support a company for seven years on that little amount of little. Yeah, I, mean, I guess relatively that's a little amount of capital considering their their IPO. Uh, what, what, what did you report? Uh, Two hundred fifty million just shot into the coffers overnight. So uh, that's a nice kick in the pants. That'll 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 get you moving in the morning. Um, do you know? So the, I think the most interesting part of that article was the now correct me if i'm wrong is the big deal is that for everybody or is that just for our loyal paying subscribers it is only for our loyal paying subscribers ah so folks if you want to know what the heck we're talking about for less than a cup of coffee a day you can get the goods the lowdown the insider scoop at tech eu and now back to our regularly scheduled programming the <laughs> most interesting thing i thought about that uh the whole deal here was the coil acquisition tell me about Tell me about that. Like, wh who is Coil and why is it a big deal? So it, it wasn't a, a big deal because it was a, a big deal. Um, it wasn't a right. sizable deal. It was a very, very small company. Only like, I think, 25, 30 people. San Francisco based. Um, they basically install and help install uh, public uh, EV chargers uh, in the U.S. So they've been certified in California. Uh, it's a relatively small company, even though they were growing quite nicely. But what it gives Wallbox, of course, is a way to accelerate their expansion in the U.S. They've been in the U.S. for a while. They open an office in Palo Alto. They have an innovation center in Mountain View. They're building a factory in Texas. Uh, so, yeah. so they're already on the ground. But this this deal just gives them sort of an accelerated way to, to expand their business, which I think it's only the first one, right? There's going to be more of these uh, right. either in the U.S. or in Europe, uh, but they're, they're quite acquisitive. Uh, and they, they can afford it too. I mean, they're making uh, you know up, up to 200 million euros uh, a year in revenue. Uh, they're projecting for this year, so it, it's nothing to sneeze at. So they'll they'll probably, you know, probably just the beginning of a lot more coming from them. Yeah, as you so astutely noted in your article that uh, Coil is a, and I'm doing quotes here, certified provider of turnkey EV charging solutions for the likes of Tesla, Zeal, and NLX. I don't know who Zeal and NLX are, but the minute <laughs> Tesla shot up, uh, I thought, oh, okay, well there's there's a there's a brand, you know, there's a household name. That people know. So, uh, Wallbox, good job. I mean, well done. And and I know, Robin. Let's be honest. Come on, it's a Spanish, it's a Catalonian company, and I know that holds a special place in your heart. <laughs> so uh, it does. It does. Although I've never met anyone from the company, so I don't know uh, exactly if they're they're part of the ecosystem. If they're, they actually in, in, you know integrate with the community there, and that they that they, that they interact with them. I don't really know. I've never met anyone. Uh, but mm. they are building uh, a huge, huge factory. Huge. 
factory uh, in Zona Franca, which is sort of the industrial area between the airport and, and the port uh, of Barcelona. So it's a very strategic location, of course, but it's also in their hometown. And they expect mm. that factory alone to, to manufacture about 750,000 uh, charges a year, which is quite, quite a lot. That's not a little amount. That sounds super. Speaking of super, how's that for a segue? <laughs> how's that, huh? How's that? So, so super dropped some news on us this week. It, it, officially, it's Super Payments Limited Ltd. I think, but this is a company who was founded by Samir Desai CBE. By the way, do you know what CBE stands for? God, is it Commander of the British Empire? Correct, Commander oh. of the British Empire. Well done, and. I did a little bit of background research. It is only superseded by the GBE, KBE, or DBE, which is Knight or Dame of the Most Excellent Order of the British Empire. That's where you get the Sir, Sir Richard Branson, Sir Paul McCartney. Lesser ranks include OBE, Officer of the Most Excellent... I mean, I feel like Bill and Ted when I... It's like, Officer of the Most Excellent British Empire. <laughs> uh, and you have the MBE, which I believe our friend Mike Butcher is an MBE. Now, what's interesting, some notable CBEs, in addition to Samir, include Stephen Hawking, Harold Pinter, and Helena Bonham Carter. So... That's super. I, that is super. Well done. Well done. Thank you. So apparently, Mr. Desai has 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 kicked some shit out. I mean, he he's right up there on the Queen's list. But speaking of kicking shit out, Super kind of ruffled some feathers this week because, how do I put this? They jumped on their keyword bingo card is full. Here's the deal. So if you go to Super's About Us page, quote, Raising $22.5 million in one of the largest ever pre-seed funding rounds in Europe. Okay, I reported that. I said, yeah, it's a pre-seed funding round. And man, the blowback... Eileen, hi. The blowback was, uh, you know, there, there were some headwinds. And basically, the VCs got their feathers in a, in a, in a ruffle over the pre-seed. Now, taking a step back, okay, I do, I get it. I do. You're right. And and you notice I, I teed this up with they use the keyword bingo, which. Oh, yeah. OK, they, they, they do have a point. This is a bit ridiculous. On April 20th, 420 of 2022, uh, news came out that a cell Union Square Ventures and Local Globe, now Phoenix Court Group, Saul's deal. Uh, Sky News reported that that Super had received 30 million in, in cash from the aforementioned group. And that the company had a pre-money valuation of $60 million before they'd even done anything, before they'd even really told the world what they were going to do. Uh, so that was in a venture round. So I don't really know if you call that a pre-pre-seed round, or is that a pre-seed seed round? <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it, and, and it's right. It Let's is getting... Let's just call it a funding round to be done with Well, it. that's what I'm saying. It's a venture round. You know, that, that's like these Series A2 rounds that we see now it's like oh shut the fuck up please. like come on yeah, it's, never ends, right? it's it's money so the reason it's, it's ridiculous and it really doesn't matter all that much but it makes it difficult because they say like the largest pre-seed round in, mm. in europe or uk so far but, but how do you benchmark because right if you would call it like the the first pre-carrots funding round then, then you'd be <laughs> the large it doesn't make any sense to me. yeah well and, and this is this was my takeaway i mean i, I sat back and thought about it and i said are, are we not just getting caught up on semantics here and if so are some people 
that that's just going to hold weight with. Are are these really the some people we need to be focusing on? Because honestly, I have a limited amount of brain power every day <laughs> to use. At the end of the day, it's it's a very very interesting entrepreneur. It's a proven track record True. funding circle, of course, doing probably something interesting. Uh, Big venture firms backing it means they, they did their due diligence. So it's just a matter of like sort of waiting and seeing what what, what he eventually comes up with. Yeah. Whether yeah. it's innovative or not. So I totally I totally agree. Well, to, in a nutshell, what they're doing is they're offering businesses a way. The, 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 whole, the whole model is to disrupt Visa and MasterCard, right? So they want to do this offering businesses a way to give cash back to consumers uh, by not charging transaction fees. Now, coming from the... Uh, the place over on the other side of the ocean where this blowhard used to be president. I can remember this thing called the Discover Card, and it was started by the Sears company in, I'm going to go with the late 80s, and I think I even had one at one point. No joke, the Discover Card, their branding strapline was cash back to consumers. And if you go and look at, I think it's discover.com, even the, the, the mark, the branding color scheme is cream to orange to brown. If you go and look at super, what is it? Super, superpayments.com. Guess what that color scheme is? Cream to orange to brown. I thought, man, this is like carbon copy. I mean, this is old school rocket internet. Just copy it, bring it over to Europe and kick it out and make billions, right? So I would say try, try and get Samir on this podcast and we can ask him point blank. Like, did you actually get inspired by Discover's brand? I'm doing big air quotes. Inspired. inspired. Right. Well, listen. Speaking of speaking of inspired, I I'm uh I'm a bit ignorant. Zigloo, I know nothing about this. Fill me in. What's happening? <laughs> uh, Zigloo is a UK fintech company that allows people to sort of buy and sell crypto, uh, typical transaction market stuff. Um, they were growing quite nicely. They weren't really making making all that many waves, but interesting company. Until in April of this year, they got uh, acquired by by Robinhood. The, Digital wealth giant from the US, uh, which needs no your side hustle, that. right? Yeah, uh, yeah, my side hustle <laughs> in the hood. So, um, so they, they Robinhood agreed to acquire Zigloo. Uh, this was last April. Everything sort of closed. We all assumed, uh, but no, it didn't. No. So <laughs> yesterday, <laughs> the news came out uh, through uh, Altfi uh, report, an exclusive one. Um, they basically said Robinhood is still buying Zigloo, but at a much, much lower price than they initially agreed to. Uh, not, not a small cut either. So they basically agreed to buy them for $170 million initially, and that price has been cut down to 72.5. So that's more than a 60% drop, um, which is, you know, it's a, it's a very, very steep. Well, there goes the holiday in the Alps, huh? I think Zigloo's founders will be fine. The ones that are really, really getting screwed over here are the, the investors in the last two rounds because that was a crowdfunding uh, initiative. And, and with the initial deal, those crowdfunding investors actually got you know, more than their money back. And now they're, mm. it, it gets cut by another sh sort of shaven back to like 41%, I think I read somewhere. Um, so they're no longer making money on this deal. So they're, they're basically getting screwed, screwed over. But of course, I mean... Take a look around. Like the world's on fire. There, there's a crypto <laughs> winter. We all know. Uh, so I could kind of see why Robin Hood doesn't want to go ahead with the deal that they initially proposed. But it's still bad news for for a lot of people. And of course, you know, it's still it's still a relatively good outcome, I guess, because it didn't raise that much funding. But mm. you know, mm. it's a lot smaller than it could have been. Well, I think. Uh, yeah. What was it? There. I I don't even remember. There was there was a podcast a, a live stream. I don't know something that I was listening to either this morning or last night and. There was a VC on, 
And he was saying that, you know, across the board, uh, basically 60 to 70 percent of all portfolio companies in, in, in every firm are just taking a haircut. Like valuations are coming off, purchase, you know, acquisition prices are, are, are falling. You know, so in the, in the words of Warren Buffett, now is the time to buy, right? If you got the cash, buy everything you can, or, or better yet, in the words of Mark Twain, Buy all the land you can because they ain't making any more. Or in the words of Mark Andreessen, yeah. let's put $350 million into flow. Moving on. So, Robin, <laughs> you are based in Brussels. The uh-huh. European Commission is based in Brussels. What's the holdup? Show me the money, Jerry. What's the holdup? <laughs> What's the holdup? Yeah, we're going to talk about the EIC, the European Innovation Council, because why not? We love talking about them. Uh, but the European Innovation Council, for those who are not aware... Uh, is basically trying to help European deep tech startups cover the funding gap that that, that exists uh, from, from, I don't know how long already. But Mm. So what they basically were trying to do was to come up with a way to give traditional grants in addition to equity financing, which was a whole new ballgame for the European Commission. Uh, They did a pilot. They they set up instruments like a fund and an accelerator and a, a pathfinder, I think it's called, program. All of these different elements. And then shit hit the fan. Probably last year, I think about a year and a half ago, when they officially launched, uh, the problem started to arise. Right? It's like <laughs> a lot of European Commission infighting. As we all know, uh, the European Commission moves at a slightly slower speed than the markets and startups in general. So you, you can see these problems sort of arising, like who's actually going to manage these funds? Uh, because if we're making direct investments, uh, there's accountability. So uh, there was a lot of infighting. It ended up in a very messy situation where startups essentially that were selected to get funding and have been approved to get funding uh, had a delay of up to a year uh, of not actually receiving the money, which in startup land is, is a long time. Eternity, yeah. yeah. Right. So um, and now the, the actual news, because none of this is news. This has been ongoing for a while. But the actual news from this week is that the EIC board is, of course, uh, made up of uh, independents. So they're, they're m- people from the private sector uh, rather than people from the commission have finally, I, I, I would say, spoken out. And they finally made a statement like, listen, this is this is beyond ridiculous. It's damaging to, to the reputation of the, the EIC, us, but also the European Commission uh, as a whole. Um, it needs to be like it's a gridlock, it's a deadlock, whatever you call it, but it needs to be fixed. The transition that was agreed to, we're not actually fans of, um, but let's go ahead with it and let's make make all the problems go away so the money can start flowing to startups uh, finally. And, you know, they uh, they made a quite a quite a an, an outspoken statement, I would say. So 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 is there any outcome or is this just, you know, drum beating? It is drum beating. Let, let's not kid ourselves. Uh, I mean, the, the, the issue is going to be raised by the European Parliament in a committee on the 1st of September. So we won't have to wait long. Uh, what the EIC board now is trying to do is, is is make their voice heard and basically become part of that conversation by by clearly sort of saying what they're about and what, what they think is important. I was looking around and I mean, I, I, I found an article from the 11th of May uh, on Science Business, which says, you know, last e- year, last year, yeah, exactly. Li- yes, correct. <laughs> the 11th of May 2021, yeah. EIC unexpectedly freezes submissions for one billion startup fund. Uh, so this is clearly not a short-term issue. This has been going on. And m- the bigger question I have is why wasn't the EIC part of this conversation from the get-go? It's a very, very European Commission-specific uh, issue, which I, I don't want to dive too deep into because it's boring. But basically, <laughs> <laughs> within the Commission, they sort of had to decide, like, do we form a committee? Do we do we 
sort of branch out as a separate EU agency. Uh, but none, none of those were really workable solutions. If you invest directly into startups, that comes with accountability. And that is not something that the European Commission is generally very good at managing, right? So what, what they propose now is basically let's have the EIB, the European Investment Bank, uh, manage these investments, which is a, a whole, whole different um, way of working that they initially proposed a couple of years ago. So it, it's not an ideal solution, but at least it will unlock some of the, the, uh, the issues that are now um, being faced by, the, by both the commission, but also the, the startups in question, right? So. EIC, EIB, PDQ, ASAP. Listen, Robin, we are coming up on the 20-minute mark. You know I like to keep the drive at five. Short, sweet, to the point. Speaking of to the point, uh, Robin's got a couple new to the point episodes up uh, on the YouTube channel. Uh, If you want to go check those out, please do. There's some really interesting stuff. Uh, Who was it? Speed Invest and... Who's the, who's the most recent one? Yes, Alex Zinder from Ledger Enterprises, talking right. about you know crypto um, security and enterprises, and uh, Andrea Sitna from Speed Invest on Helltech. So that very, was very, it. very cool people and very, very insightful uh, conversations, I would say. That was it. Well, listen, Robin, since you did the intro, do you, do you want to take us out? Uh, my name's Robin Underwater. One more thing. One more thing. Ah, one more thing. Hey, listen, buddy, we we've run over. I mean, one more thing. I mean, okay, ready? Just eat pulled out of Brazil. Yes. Done. Pandemic. Yep. Uh, world's on fire. Expansion, contraction. <laughs> fire sales. Great. Well, listen, folks, this is it. This has been your drive at five. My name is Dan Taylor. Yours is not. I've been joined, of course, by the inimitable Robins Underwater. That's it for (laughs) us this week. Robins on holiday next week. I'm hoping to have a special mystery guest for you. But for now, I am out of here. Ciao, 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 ciao.